What's up, Candy Lickers? Don't miss the all-new HBO Max original comedy series, That Damn Michael Che, starring none other than Michael Che, featuring celebrity guests Amari Hardwick, Cecily Strong, Colin Jost, Billy Porter, and Method Man, among others. That Damn Michael Che explores Michael's perspective on everyday situations, including racial profiling, unemployment, falling in love, and more. Stream That Damn Michael Che now on HBO Max. At streaming now, HBO Max, that damn Michael Shea, and you have no excuse. Maybe you're out there going, I don't even have HBO Max yet. Well, here's what we're going to do. Michael and the crew hooked us up with five $25 gift cards from American Express, and we're going to send them to five of you candy lickers so you have no excuses. You get the card, get yourself some HBO Max, maybe have some money left over for some snacks or something, a little Debbie's, of course, and then stream that damn Michael Che. All you got to do is tweet us or Instagram us, any social media, or comment below if you're watching this on YouTube, and put, I want that damn Michael Che money, and we're going to pick five of you and hook you up with American Express gift card. Go stream that damn Michael Che now on HBO Max. This is the All-American Ron Simmons, and you're listening to Casio's Cut. Damn! Just want to thank our proud sponsor, Manscaped, hooking you up with that Casio promo code. That's right. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Look at this. Got the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. That's right. You heard it. The 4.0 is launched. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling aerodynamic, son. It is looking right where I need it to. My rig is looking right. All thanks to the Lawnmower 4.0. And you can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Like I said, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CASIO, C-A-S-I-O, at manscaped.com. This thing is engineered. It's the ultimate groin and body trimmer. It focuses on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. That's right. The Lawnmower 4.0 is here. And, yes, it's got additional guard links, one through four. So maybe you want to test it out. Start with the four. Work your way down. See how brave you really feel. It's time right now. Clean your stuff up. 20% off plus free shipping with the code CASIO at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What's your and you're listening to another edition of Cassio's Cut. I'm your horse, Cat, host Cassio. Of course, 
And I'm joined by rocker extraordinaire, Aaron Jones. What's up, man? Hey, man. How's it going? Thank you for joining me. First off, um, how many times do you correct people for Aaron and Aaron? Oh, all the time. It's, it's been like a lifelong thing. <laughs> I, I actually remember being in a kindergarten and um, the teacher used to take, her name was Miss Hamblock, and she, uh, and she used to take uh, attendance every day. And for like the first half of school, uh, she called me Aaron until like, you know, my aunt came in and was like, his name's Aaron. <laughs> you know? And she's like, wow, really? Really? I can't get that off the whole time. It's yeah. like opposite of the, uh, if you've seen the Key and Peele episode where they say, oh, hey, Aaron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have. I have. Yours I is that. opposite. Yours is Aaron. They want to say Yeah, Aaron. that's right. They say Aaron. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's just, it's phonetically, uh, it's spelled how it's said, A-Y-R-O-N, you know. It, but uh, it's like, you know, it's a it's a funky name. I get it. People are, are always like, well, you know, is it Arian or like Arian or Arian or, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You've heard it all. In fact, I have a, there's a funny story about that. It was uh, one of the bigger festivals I played uh, as an indie artist, man. I, we had done this uh, Y Amplified Festival back in like 2014 down in Las Vegas on the, on the MGM fairgrounds, um, you know, like they're, they're like concert grounds. Yeah. And uh, I was, we were on, we had, oh, were opening the main stage. And I think, uh, I think Blink-182 was the headliner. Uh, it was like Michael Frannius Spearhead was yeah. like playing that show. It was a lot of like really big acts. I mean, I, even if we go back, I think I saw Train at that show too, which was crazy. So, uh, but uh, so I'm this indie artist, like no one's ever heard of. We don't have really any, we have a little publicity, like, you know, but we don't really have anything. We have like indie, indie paid for things, you know, arrived in a minivan with, with a, a lawnmower trailer, trailer full of our stuff, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, we get there and, uh, as soon as we arrive, I'm like looking for my stuff and I'm asking around, I'm like, you know, is a, is your name, your name should be on everything, you know, just, tr uh, try going that direction. So I go, I, I find the piece of paper and everywhere, everywhere, it says Aaron James and the way. Like this is what it is. Aaron James, <laughs> nice. Aaron James. So uh, if I ever, if I ever like, you know, I, I, I can be a little bit of a diva, but I'm, I'm, you know, I usually joke about it. You know what I'm saying? Like make fun of myself for like being this prissy dude. <laughs> and so uh, if I ever get in my ego, I'm always like, yeah, I am. I'm Aaron. I'm Aaron James, damn it. I'm Aaron you James know, in the way. I am Aaron James. So yeah, and you know, and later that night I, I ended up talking to Michael Fran. He's like, Oh yeah, dude, you're Aaron James. I'm like, Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you're Aaron James. Well, if he yeah. calls you that, that's you for life. Yeah, I know. I had to I but he read it. Was I was I tell him it was wrong? And it was Michael Franny. I mean, <laughs> you know, who am I? Well, <laughs> I'm Cassio. I go by people call me Casino or Cheerio or Curio or Casino. I I hear it all too. So. That's crazy. <laughs> Michael Fronti, you, you've performed with him a few, few times, right? No, just the once, I believe. I don't Was know it? if we, we played again, a shared stage again um, after that. Yeah, just the once, man. That was just that show down in, festival down in uh, Las Vegas, which was insane. That was an insane festival, man. Side stage, watching Train, and all, all these huge acts, and it's beautiful. We're in Las Vegas, and, you know, Vegas always treats you right when you ever do anything down there. So they put you up, and give you a little cash to play around with. It was a great time. <laughs> uh, if, if for somebody is listening or watching, they have not heard Aaron Jones, uh, pure rocker. You've got some blues to you. Of course, I'm sure you're influenced by that Seattle through and through. 
Um, well, let's talk about that because Seattle is kind of, I mean, it is a rock musical hotbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to, I want to get to it. We'll get to, uh, you know, I was a fan of, uh, uh, Levy Walker, uh, a long time ago, which is yeah. a super group. You, you were basically the front man on, well, let's just get to it. He had a band. It's you, Mike McCready, of course, Duff McKeegan, uh, and Barrett Martin from Screaming yeah. Trees. And yep. you guys got together uh, a band that I thought should get more praise. But just just talk about how that came about. Who's calling you and going, hey, you want to be a part of this? Well, at the time, you know, I've, I've got two indie records that I dropped uh, before before I got signed. So, this is, you know, this is my first major uh, label record. But uh, on my second indie record, I worked with Barrett Martin, uh, who produced the whole thing for me. And uh, was really a mentor and and t- getting me ready to go to the majors, you know, giving me all like saturating me with this information that I needed to go and navigate, you know, everything that comes with a major career, you know, uh, and 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 as well as uh, in the music. So you know, we worked on that project, and then he called me again to do, um, you know, work on this this documentary. So I'd worked with Barrett a bunch in between like 2013, 14, and 15. I mean, I, I'm not 13. I'm sorry, 14 through it probably be 14 through 17 or 14 through 16. Um, and he just called me up because, you know, he worked with, with those guys on the Mad Seasons project. Uh, not not Duff, but he's, he's worked with uh, at least Mike on the Mad Seasons project. And, you know, Mike and Duff are friends. And, you know, that, that whole – so he's part of that whole clique, that 90s grunge clique, man. And, you know, he just gave me a phone call one day and said, hey, man, we've been working on this thing. And the way the project actually worked was that they had different front men for each of the – each. Um, of the different songs they worked on. So that kind yeah. of comprised the album. So they just gave me a phone call to, to, to pick two songs that they had worked on. They didn't have any lyrics and just write some stuff to them, you know, which was a, kind of like my first real challenge, I think, as writing something uh, on that level, you know, and, but also set the stage for where I'm at now, you know. Do you mean writing something to someone else's music or just you, you realize the magnitude of this project? Yeah. Uh, it's a little of both, writing writing something to somebody else's music, but also realize like just to have my name associated with these people was gonna be yeah. the start of something, you know. And, and but uh, more than anything, like it it also taught me like the value of like learning how to to really put a song together, you know, because um, you know up to that point I I I I was coming from the jam scene, I was coming from a mainly blues scene, you know, um, and rock was kind of like my focus. I was like trying to trying to bring everything back into this rock and roll and really create and work like define this like really grungy punky bluesy sound you know uh but it i still hadn't quite discovered what it meant to become a songwriter you know um and so when working on that project that was the first instance of like it was just a kind of like a preview of what was to become in terms of my career you know and, and so fast forward to now and it's like that that's that's just the name of the game you know whereas then it was like i'd never written with anybody or for anybody right. in my life you know so Let's uh let's talk because uh, I've, I've of course uh, seen you in different interviews. I know you probably get tired of talking about it, but it is a big moment in your career. It's one of your uh, I don't want I don't know if you call it a break or not, but it is a big moment in your career. Yeah, and that is of all people, Sir Mix a lot seeing you at a bar and yeah. and wanting to produce you. Mm-hmm. And I you know on the fringe, people that are listening might go. What does Baby Got Back guy know about rock music? But the key is he knows about music, period. And he knows yeah. about the business and he knows ins and outs, the politics, uh, like you were talking about earlier, pitfalls. Yeah. Same thing with Barrett, teaching you how to, uh, you know, 
get yourself into this scene. Talk about how that all – he comes into a bar and just sees you playing? Yeah, well, at the time, we were we were working, I think, uh, you know, this is back when I, I was in the bar scene, and uh, I had gotten, gotten by at the time by working, you know, almost full-time, part-time to full-time as, like, different day jobs. But at night, what I would do was go jam with these blues, you know, these bars where they would let me play cover songs for three hours at a time uh, weekly. And, and I, I, I had kind of come up on the scene as soon as I turned 21, saw, saw how it all played out. You know, other musicians in the town were playing these weekly gigs to make 100 or 200 bucks here or there just to, like, support themselves as musicians, but also, like, work on these day jobs. So I took on the same formula. And, uh, you know... Something I, I remember seeing an ad about this Hard Rock Rising Battle of the Bands competition, which if you know anything about those kind of things, they're, they're really commercialized and they're more geared towards bring, bringing brand attention, I think, rather than, than really focusing on the music. Um, but so in, in order for us to like it, be a part of this competition and advance this competition, we had to get all these votes online on Facebook and people to like the page and do all this yes. stuff to try to like advance, you know? So we didn't have much to do with our performance or our music, but there was right. a, an actual like live aspect to that in, in, in Seattle. So um, we were in this battle of the bands and um, we had won the first round and we were uh, trying to get to the second round. We needed to guard our votes and everything. And some, uh, it was a mutual friend of ours had seen us and he called him up. He said, come, come check these guys out. You might want to work with them. And he walked in and he loved it. And, he, and that was it. And that was a crazy night. It was a crazy night because it was like, there's only 10 people there, you know? And, uh, and then Sir Mix a lot, who's a legend in Seattle, by the way. I know he's like a, a legendary guy, period. I mean, he's well known in the music industry, but he's like a legend. So it, and it, when a cat walks in from your hometown, you know, he's like, platinum and gold award-winning recording artists with the Grammy awards and all that stuff. You know, you're just like, wow, this is crazy, you know, but that, that really set the path for me, man. He, he became a, a big mentor for me in this industry and just like, but also my sound. I think, I don't know if people realize how um, my sound is really influenced by kind of this 90 hip, 90s hip hop groove, you know, um, and which you can hear in and out, out of the record and at times in different songs, especially I think it take me away really embodies that kind of yeah. like that that mantric repetition of, of hip-hop you know i try to put that in my music so uh but yeah mix was was one of the, the biggest you know supporters and um he, he really is what what put us on put me on this track you know he, he took me and my band and gave us um a big break in the sense of like all of a sudden you know overnight we went from playing bars to at least you know our hometown knowing who we were and maybe maybe a little bit beyond that and it laid the groundwork for touring and there's just kind of like this ground, this, this uh, pathway for me to grind through, you know, and from there I took it and, you know, made a little bit of money, raised a little bit of money and, and kept, kept putting this band on the road, you know, flying, you know, four or five people out to, to New York, my own crew with me and, you know, doing different stuff, trying to, trying to make it on through the other side, you know. You talked about, um, you know, him helping you out with that sound and creative process. Uh, I find I know here's the deal. I work, if people listen to the podcast, if they're regulars of the podcast or the radio station, I listen to a lot of music and we get submitted a lot of music and a lot of yeah. bands uh, submit their stuff. And, uh, you know, my program director, music director, Jimbo Woods, it's across the hall from me. And so I hear a lot of stuff. And uh, to be honest, a lot of it kind of blends together. And um, a lot of it, you just go, hey, there's a Maybe Three Days Grace has got another song. It sounds yeah, like right, man. Yeah. Uh, but I, I distinctly remember a year or so ago. I don't remember exactly when it was, but um, he 
he gets take me away and he doesn't say anything. He just plays it in his office. And I just got up from my desk and walked over and said, what the fuck is this? Cause, uh, <laughs> it just, you know, it just, it just cuts That's through cool, yeah. everything. You don't, I mean, you have a familiar sound as in a rock sound, but you don't have a, Hey, that sounds like so-and-so uh, sound. Yeah. Um, do you, Take Me Away, I know Boys from the Puget Sound, both of those particular, I mean, all of them are great lyrics, but uh, those are the first two I hear. And um, it's almost, uh, being a comedian, they say your headliner is your final joke, and then your second yeah. funniest joke, you, you should almost come out of the gate. Is this something you purposely do? Both of those songs, your first two lines out of all those, kind of like, whoa what the fuck i mean yeah take me away you're like the day my fucking mom abandoned me was the day i learned to lie and if you're like right then you're like okay hang on a second <laughs> and then puget sound i play it and it's you know i've already called yeah. the fucking police Holy and you're shit. like hey what um yeah i mean is that something you strive or did that just happen on those are you yeah, got I, I, I need I, to get I, you right out of the gate it's been deliberate man i, I there's especially that's kind of always my writing style it's just you know, like I said, I'm a lover of hip hop. And that first line, you know, yep. I mean, the, the hardest songs to me in music just came out just right out the gate and told you what it was. And it captured you and you're yeah. in it, man. You know, almost like NWA, like NWA, when they started out, you know, their best songs started out just so hard and saying something <laughs> so in your face, you know. And for me, it's like, that's kind of what I see myself as in rock and roll. It's like, you know, right now I feel like, I, first of all, you know, I, I set out to create, I always want to set out to create timeless music. You know, I want to set out to create um, music that if, you know, you hear it, you, you're always going to think about this for the rest of the time. You know, it just it, it really consumes you. Uh, but secondly, it's like those, that hip hop influence is where I get that attitude from. You know what I mean? And I want people to always kind of be taken aback by the, that first line, especially in, in stuff that I wrote. You know, like Take Me Away and Boy Shem Puget Sound, are, those are just singular rights, right? Like I, I wrote those myself. Whereas, you know, uh, Mercy, for instance, is, is a co-write, you know, and it, it still it still hits the same way, but it's got a different feel to it, you know. Uh, so I just, I, I, I strive to be in your face, man. I, you know, I really want that first line to, to capture you and bring you, I mean, that's, that's, that's the best hook in anything, is that first line, the first thing you say, you know. Does that come to you first or does the, does usually the hook come to you first? You know, it's it's hard to say because for me it's all words, and and that's the thing I've I've realized about myself is like, it's like these these words are always existing. Everything in the universe exists at one time. You know, this is really philosophical, but everything in the universe exists at one time, and it's not until we take some time to focus on any point of the universe that we see what we want to see. You know what I'm trying to say? So, so for me, it's like these these words, these phrases are always floating in the air for me, and then at any given time when it comes down to focusing on writing music. I'm going to take these little pieces of these phrases and I'm going to start to put them together uh, and create a story and paint a picture for you that comes from the heart, you know, and using these, these lines. And those, and that's cool. That's the cool thing about it, being a songwriter. It's like, you know, I, I, I'll have a song that maybe I wrote 10 years ago with the lyrics and it, it maybe didn't work out or the song wasn't that great, but I can take like little, little pieces of this song and put it to this melody I've been working on with this song. And that could be a phrase right here. And here we go. You know, like now we have this whole really cool thing. happening. Are you a guy that, um, Hey, it comes to you. I got to get it down. Or you've heard people like, Oh, it came to me in a dream and I had to get up immediately and like sing it into my phone or whatever. Are you all over? The yeah. Board? All over the board. Really? There, there are times where I've, I've had beats in, in my head and I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, I need to get that down or melodies or phrases, especially when it's like songwriting time, you know, if there's, and we're like, okay, 
you know, it's time to plan the album. It's time to get moving on the record. Like, what are you thinking? And it's songwriting time. That I, my brain is, I'm always like, you know, I, I feel bad for my family because I'm sure they want to be to be engaged and stuff. And I'm always like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, in my head, they're just like, what's he doing? And I'm sure people think I'm like schizo when, when they walk through the door. I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. There's, I'm not doing anything. I don't have headphones in. I'm just like, I'm hearing a beat in my head. And I'm in your head, down. you I'm can afraid. hear it. Yeah, in my head. And it was like, this guy's out of his mind, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, and, you know, there's, it's just, it's, um, <laughs> it's all over the board for me, man. I, I, I've learned how to be more, I guess, fluid as a songwriter and as a, a composer because I am an instrumentalist as well. Um, I can kind of cross the two, you know, the, the cross the two um, skills together where it's like, as a, as a composer or a songwriter, you're going you're gonna to have phrases of different things that, that go off in your mind and they don't always work together, but you can take those pieces of songs and put those together. So I look at lyrics the same way. And then um, the overarching, you know, philosophy on music the same way, right? Which is that these these things come together because of the emotional state of the music and vice versa, right? So with Boyce and Puget Sound, you know, I mean, that's just a hard song. Like, how could you come in, <laughs> you know? Like, how could you how could you come in being like, yeah, I grew up kind of hard and then it got better. <laughs> no, you're blowing out speakers. You, when you say I already called the fucking police, I'm like, well, this guy's serious, guys. Yeah, we got the fucking police are already on the way. We got to yeah. get ready, ready for yeah. this song. Absolutely, man. I'll never forget when we played that in front of an audience for the first time. It was here in Seattle too, you know, and um, and 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 it shocked people. I remember just people like standing in the audience. And it, it shocked them awake almost because, you know, the first band opened up and this is this Aaron Jones in the way, this kid who was just like done, been on the news and like done some cool stuff. So makes a lot of doors to this guy. We got to see what he's about. And there's a little bit of chatter at first. You know, the lights go dim, the spotlight's on. And I'm like, oh, I called the fucking police. And everybody <laughs> stops and just stares. They're like, what did he just say? That's really bad. Yeah, because the, the music almost like reels you in very slow, mm -hmm. just the first couple slow notes. And then you're like, Ooh, we gotta listen now. Yeah, here come the boys from the Puget Sound, man. I never forget when we dropped that line for the first time in Seattle. People lost their shit. They lost their minds here. You know, there's well, a crazy me, movement happening. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because um, I know you got some, uh, some some things going on, and this this record is popping on. Child of the States uh, coming out, and uh, but also let's talk about the timing because I I feel like. Here things starting to roll for you. You got the new album. You're starting to release radio singles. And then we got a pandemic. And I know I'm, I don't mean to diminish the, what the pandemic was, but as far yeah. as career rise, I can't think of a shittier time uh, for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, how yeah. do you handle it? How do yeah. you address it? Well, I mean, what was the plan with all this? Because I, I didn't even know how many of these songs you even got to do in front of a live audience. Yeah, I, a lot of them I haven't. A lot of them are brand new songs that I that I've never even played front to back in front of anybody, you know. So, um, yeah, the pandemic has been really, uh, it's been a wrench in the system. But you know, I I've always followed the philosophy of just like move how things move, you know. And so for me, you know, even though there was a lot of there was the challenge and the tribulation of trying to figure out how to do this. First of all, safely, so nobody gets sick. You don't want to, right. and you don't want to lose lives in the, during in this process, you know. But get it, get it done safely, and then get it done. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. 
like and do it right you know so that was definitely um a challenge but at the same time like it forced me inward you know and forced me to be be kind of more introspective in a time where like when i really needed to be because the music needed that you know so there's there's an interesting thing that happens there where it's like you know there's this this a concept of divine timing where everything kind of happens in 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 synchronicity in the way that it's supposed to i feel like that that is was more validation for me that that this record was going to bring about a certain time for me um because of, of how things played out you know and now that things are opening back up like i get to be and 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 the great work honestly the great work the label and management did uh you know to get all this stuff out as well um but this is you know we're opening up i'm opening up myself into a whole new territory in my career you know and, and i get to be part of the new wave the new thing after the pandemic is over you know so i don't know it, it definitely was a challenge though i will say that it was a challenge did it um did it help creatively or did it uh, did it hamper it uh did you i mean did you get new songs while you were at home or what's happening yeah you know half the the album really i mean little maybe a little more than half the album was rewritten well i, I first of all some of the songs on the record are rewritten and re-recorded versions of, of songs I've, I've had with me for a while but a good a good chunk a good i think i would even say majority of the record is uh brand new songs that were written in the second half like at the very end of 2020 you know oh wow right around around uh september october i literally left on a, on a two-week writing trip um i stopped in with a bunch of really great songwriters um you know and we rec i recorded probably six or so songs and then out of that batch we decided which ones were going to make the record and i came back to seattle and recorded uh in the studio here at london bridge and got these things kind of like done and out by by January. So you know, a lot of this record happened within months time. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. New album coming out, Child of the State, uh, May twenty first. Is that still right? Nothing changed. Yep, that's right. That's right. Uh, May twenty first, Child of the State. Uh, I know you've addressed it before, but um, I think Child of the State has a, a of course, a gigantic meaning to you. Um, yeah. Uh, growing up in the foster system, I know even going back to the uh, Levy Walker's days. I just remember the line, "My mom going to be famous." I want, yeah, yeah. I want you to see what I did with the name you gave me, and then of course, take me away. You've got the, the day my mom uh, left was the day I, you know, learned, learned her lie. Talk about. I mean, I know I have a personal friend. I even texted him and, I, and said, "Hey, man, I, this story is not the same." But he's in music, and he was, uh, you know, in the foster system, and he kind of used music to help his head and help him get right and yeah help him elevate above that i know you got a family now so i'm sure that plays into that definitely, um, yeah, definitely. but just talk just talk about that and how how it meant for you to name this album child of the state yeah well you know child of the state for me had multiple meetings you know behind it really i mean um definitely a bit about my backstory and you know the origins of, of what i was to become started you know as as you know, for at least for a short time, a child of the state, you know, and, and, you know, even then, once I became in the care of my aunt, you know, I was still, you know, the government was still overseeing that even, you know, like that was like their, their main role. Um, and, um, and so like there, there was, there's a little bit of that for sure, but also just like being, being black in America, man, and growing up in this country and having pride in, in something that, that at times can feel and be so unfair, you know, and still, and still overcoming that, and becoming something that represents that and embodies that in so many ways, you know. So when I say childish state, I'm, I'm also 
talking about this almost sick pride I have in this country at times, you know, where it's like, even with everything, you know, knowing like, what I've been through, even, you know, I've, I've been through discriminated against, we can get into the whole racial aspect of things, but even beyond that, man, it's like, you know, I've, I've had to overcome all of these obstacles to, to, to still wave the American flag as high as I possibly could. You know what I'm trying to say? So that, that really, for me, kind of epitomizes what it is. Here I am, the descendant of slaves. Um, here I am, this person that, you know, a part of a community that, which is still seeking some, some sort of reckoning and, and some sort of, you know, equal justice under the law, like, you know, but I'm still here playing this American sound for the world. I'm representing our country, you know, and, and the origins of something that, that we all take pride in. Rock and roll, I'm representing that for the world. So that, for me, that became really what that, that, that was about, was like, I'm, I'm this American child, and as complicated as that is, this, is, this, this, this bleeds through my, my speakers, man. Unfair system, but still happy to live in the greatest country in the world. That's exactly it, man. Those I mean, can coexist. It doesn't mean we're perfect. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's very true, man. It's very true. Those are, and it's. I think that it's important, you know, as 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 I, you know, kind of pave the way for myself, and as I kind of, you know, blaze this trail for myself. I think it's important that people know that even though I'm speaking up against and about certain issues, I still love this country. <laughs> you know, I still, with all of its flaws or whatever you want to call it, I still love this place. And I think that's so important. Um, I think that our pride in our country and, our, and, our, and the pride in, um, you know, and where we come from in our culture as, as a united people, I think that's so important, man. Even, even with all the things that are, I think are unfair and unjust, bro. I think well, talk about, I mean, talk about, I, I don't, I mean, I, I won't speak for you, but just talk about mercy is such a, uh, just as such a powerful song, yeah. especially like you said, the times that we're going through now with all the, all the social justice and the change and the protests and everything that's going on in this country. Um, that comes out at a time in the middle of all that. Not that it wouldn't have been a more a powerful song, but I think it's even a more powerful song now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. I, um, you know, it did. It did for me when I when when I was in the studio. Um, you know, I got in with that was with uh, Scott Stevens and Marty Fredrickson. And uh, when I was in the studio, um, you know, I we I just left Seattle and I couldn't even leave my house for like two weeks. It was hot. It was muggy. We couldn't really open the windows because it was like that we were blanketed with with the forest fires. You know, the smoke from forest fires. Jeez. I mean, I couldn't see. I live across the street from a beach and it's not even, you know, it's not even a football field away. It's like really close and we couldn't see across the street, man. Uh, so I'm, that there was like this, like almost angst that existed in me from, from that, that feeling of being stuck there. And then, then you know, this is right around the time that, that, you know, things started really progressing with George, the George Floyd issue. And so there, there's other frustration there and like, you know, the coronavirus, all of it. And it just was like, you know, it felt, I felt almost helpless to do anything about it. And so mercy really was like the only way I could find to say something without, you know, creating a visceral reaction in people, you know, just like to tell my story um, without, without taking the imagery that you would normally look for to tell it, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, like I, I know that people, you know, are put off by this, this term that you say black lives matter, that, that really turns some people off. Um, and, you know, even though I, I do believe that Black Lives Matter, I didn't want to tell it, like, try to tell you my story by, by 
starting off with something that triggers you, if that triggers you, you know. Right. I wanted to, I wanted to tell my story um, by using the imagery and the music and the symbology to help you bring you into the emotions of what I'm feeling, you know. So I'm I'm hoping it's 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 kind of worked so far, you know. I'm hoping that some people are seeing that and and, and are able to really think about these issues that are happening right now, and hopefully to bring about conversation that can bring about some kind of change, because you know. Because we need it. We need that kind of mercy for each other, that kind of tolerance for each other, just to, so we can meet in the middle and have a conversation. Copy that, man. It's a powerful song. Loved hearing it. Loved free. Loved all the songs that I've heard. I cannot wait uh, to hear the brand new album, Child of the State by Aaron Jones, uh, coming up in May, later here in May 21st. Um, we got the album out of the way. I got to bring up some fun stuff. From yeah, background. man. Let's do, it. You've yeah. About, Let's do it. You've talked about it before. Yeah. What, what, of all people, if they're watching this on YouTube, one of us is a Frisbee champion and one of us is not. <laughs> you can do the math on what. I mean, I, I should have known because it's Seattle. Yeah. How are you getting into Frisbee champ? Man, I um, <laughs> <laughs> I got into ultimate Frisbee because I went to I went to this camp one year and uh, it was like a, it was a save camp, which was like students against violence everywhere, you know. Um, and so we weren't allowed to play competitive sports because competitive sports like brought about some kind of violence. But oh, okay, I got that, you. one of the guy, the counselors there was like a Frisbee guy, man, you know? And, uh, and so we were just like bombing the Frisbee. We couldn't keep score, but we would pass and play <laughs> together. You know, we, it was the weirdest thing, but I got really into it at that point. And then I remember, uh, I was eighth grade about to go into high school. And I joined my middle school, had a team. So I joined man, and like, I was already naturally athletic. So to, to start to like find a place to put the athleticism because, you know, I'm growing up in a, in a family of four at the time, single, single mom household, you know, and, um, and she's trying her best to spread the money out to make sure everybody's got, you know, what they need to get by and they're living happy lives. And, and so she couldn't afford to put us in all the mainstream sports like football or like go, go, we couldn't dedicate time to do soccer every weekend. But when I was like, yeah, I want to play ultimate Frisbee. She goes, what does it cost? I'm like, almost nothing, you know? And she's like, oh, excellent. Have fun, you know? That's great. You're not going to hurt your head, are you? Okay, awesome. <laughs> go play, you know? So I got to it, age 13, man, and then stuck with it. Uh, played, played on the club team here, like a, a kid's club team, because there wasn't enough schools at the time playing it. Uh, to have like leagues and stuff so we had like some leagues but the leagues have like clubs in them and stuff so, so wait, you know, wait just, so ultimate ultimate frisbee is kind of like football right you got to move it down the field it's a uh, kind of it's it's a uh, it's football it's soccer and it's basketball put it's not full-blown I don't, I don't want people to confuse it with frisbee golf no no that's different yeah disc golf is like a sport that's like more like resembles golf yeah ultimate yeah. resembles more like football like it's right. like football yeah it's like football basketball and soccer it was actually invented by joel silver the hollywood producer Okay. Um, and uh, but anyway, so I ended up playing playing on the club team in middle school. Uh, continued throughout high school. I got really really good in high school because I was attempting to play other mainstream sports, but was like undersized and like too lazy <laughs> to actually do it. So like I'm like trying out for wrestling. I'm terrible at wrestling. You know, trying out for football, and I'm like this skinny kid. And they're like, really, we're really afraid you're gonna get hurt, so we want you to play on the freshman team. I'm like, but I'm a sophomore, and they're like, yeah, you know. So, we're protecting uh, you, Aaron. Yeah, right. Ooh, we're worried about your safety. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm not a, I'm not a gangster, I guess. Uh, and so, and so, uh, I, yeah, I ended up all that athleticism got funneled into playing frisbee, and I ended up playing on the under-19 world team in 2004 for the for United States uh, in Finland, and then um, in 2007 I was playing on a club team here in Seattle, 
And um, we ended up winning the national championship in 2007, which qualified us to represent the U.S. in the world, world championships in 2008. So, yeah, so it got, it got really serious for me. Because I, 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 when I do something, I just do it. You know, like I really get into it. So I don't, I don't do a lot of things, but the things that I do, I do are, I do them extremely well. You know, I just do, I get really, really, really into them and figure out how to win at any cost, <laughs> you know. That's what, well, my wife does, she tells me, she's like, I can tell when you're into something because if you're in, you are 1,000% in. Yeah. We got the blinders on and it's game on. She's like, I can tell when you're not into something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's my, my I tell you, man, I'm a nerd. That's, I'm a blur. I'm a black nerd. So somebody out there knows that. Blurred. Uh, <laughs> a blurred? Is that what you said? Yeah, black nerd. <laughs> A real thing you should look it up <laughs> uh, it's a real thing yeah it's uh, a real thing. dude i'm excited uh for your time we're about to get into the countdown like i do with everybody uh but i just want to say super fan i look forward to uh seeing you on tour hopefully we'll get you down south so we can come see i know you got some stuff going on yeah. uh in your life uh but we will get you out on tour we, we can't wait dude yeah, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. You remind me of all my favorites, B.B. Uh, King and Peter Green and Stevie Ray and uh, Gary Clark Jr. and the whole deal now. So Yeah, man. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. I'm rooting for you, brother. It's, it's Cannot wait to hear the brand new album. Child of the State comes out May 21st. You got to hear it from Aaron Jones. Uh, go to his website. And you can check out all of it. He's on everywhere you listen to this podcast or watch it or whatever the deal is. Now, you got to survive the countdown. Hey, <laughs> let's, let's do it 10 questions 10 to 1 we go backwards number 10 name something that's a perfect 10 in your life a perfect 10 my wife there you go <laughs> you're a smart man number nine uh nine is the german word for no so name something you wish was no more something you could write off you can end uh something uh, you hate in life you wish was no more something i hate in life that i wish was no more man um What's your pet peeves? Bad drivers? I, no, man. stand up uh, as soon as the plane lands? What I are we talking about? Discourse is what I, I would get rid of. Discourse? Just, just take, all discourse? Just all discourse would, could go away. I think we would just be – I'd be happy with that in life. You know what I'm saying? I'd be good with that, you know? I'm down with that. I signed yeah. me up for no more discourse. Yes, no more discourse. That'd be great. All right, eight. When you, when you head out, what do you want the last thing you ate to be? What's your last meal? Now, you can – I tell everybody this, you can mix and match whatever you want. This can be part homemade, part from a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, all over the board, I'm going to need a drink. Is there an appetizer? Is there dessert? I want you to think it through. This is no repercussions, last meal. Uh, yeah, I would I would probably have um, a Rainier beer. Uh, give me Ooh. some of the garlic, garlic crispy chicken from uh, the Buddha Ruxta Thai restaurant right here in West Seattle. Woo! Uh, and I would I would follow that up with maybe a bowl of some Seattle's finest, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, and I think that, that's that not ice it. cream. I would, that's it's not ice cream. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, and uh, I would I would let's see what else would I have? Oh man, I got I, I would add a bowl of ice cream though. That would be nice, right? <laughs> okay. Right, bowl of ice cream. What kind? Uh, let's go with butter pecan. Oh, that's old school. Uh, I like it. Let's go. What else would I have, man? I would. I would have to say a fry. Okay, so I, I got the garlic crispy chicken, which is like really delicious from from the Thai restaurant. But I also need like some like southern fried chicken too, uh, just on the side because you just gotta have that little flavor flavor before you okay. got you go. 
I'd have a bowl of, of pho just to sip on the side here because Seattle's not, like famous for its pho. You got it. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I, I think and 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 a shot of whiskey, preferably Jameson. Oh, yeah, my jam is Jameson. Jam, Jameson the Diet Sprite. Have you had that yet? I haven't had that one yet. Oh, buddy. It's, Wait, <laughs> interesting move. You went. You went uh, a bowl of Seattle's finest in the middle and not before dinner. No, no, because you have to, like, you're going to feel full after eating so fast, right? So in the middle, you're going to have to, like, you know, so that's like recharge. Like, yes, recharge. Second win. Oh, second win. Give it to me. Okay. Ah. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. That, that's some pro thinking right there. I like that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have went that way. I like how you're going, though. It's a, it's a culture, right. man. It's a culture. All right. <laughs> Seven, uh, when you were seven years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, what did I want to be? I thought I wanted to be a police Was it a rocker officer. back then? No, I, I was rocking. I was a rocker, but right. I thought I wanted to be a cop because I was a cop. Here. I was like, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think, you know, that was did all You just see him and think that's the coolest looking dudes on the planet? I thought, it, I thought they were cool, man. I, I like the uniforms. I like the, the cars yeah. I thought were cool. You know, I'm, like, I'm a little kid. I didn't think about the culture of policing, what that really meant, you know? And, right. I, and then I thought I wanted to be a cop up until I was like, I got to say, man, early 20s. And then, like, then when I started smoking, Seattle's <laughs> finest, and I was like, "This is tight. What am I doing?" <laughs> yeah. And that kind of ended that dream. And also, you know, I, I, what happens, man? I think people just get afraid to like live it within themselves, like what's okay with them, you know. So being right. such a little dude growing up, I was trying to prove myself with the bigger, bigger people in life, the tougher guys, and all that. So I felt like that was really the source of that. But music was always in my heart. Dude, the first time I saw a garbage truck guy on the back of the truck, I thought, thought that was what tight. cooler life is that? Oh, yeah. And, the, and oh. then you're like, well, I, okay, that's not for me. Bro. Yeah, you thought what? that was it's tight, manual labor. You're like, you're uh, like man, check, out that, check that dude out on the back of that big old thing. Man, that Tonka truck is huge. Every day, he gets his <laughs> on the back of the truck. What's wrong with that? Mm -hmm. All right, six. Uh, six feet under. How do you want to die? How do you want to go out? Oh, man, in my sleep. <laughs> Just peacefully. Just peacefully, man. Uh, that's you need that. Going. You need a bowl and a bowl of butter pecan, and then go. To yeah. Bed, right? yeah, I'm good, man. Just like put me out, let me go. You know, what I'm trying to say, don't don't let me poop on myself, and if I do, just like hide it as, as best as possible. <laughs> that's why we you have wands. They'll old, hide our poopy drawers. You know, old and happy with with tons of grandkids. That's how I want to go <laughs> out, man. And I'll, I'll be good with that. You know, but there's, a, you know, what's funny, man, is we don't really know when that's going to be. Like we we are we're like of this new age where you can probably by the time like we're old and in homes listening to uh to nwa uh and uh dr dre in our 80s and 90s yeah. um they're gonna have been, been able to discover you know the technology to like slow <laughs> or even reverse aging so we'll never have to deal with that you know <laughs> oh this is deep isn't that One, think about that i never thought about being in a nursing home asking people if they remember about the time everybody forgot about dre oh no uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be thinking that you would be turning it up you know <laughs> And smoking the old folks on me. Yeah. I forgot we're, we're all going to be in nursing homes now. Yes. It's a different that's generation. That's our generation, man. It's time, all right. Man. This is good. We're going to get to pick it. I like the way you think. Uh, uh -huh. Number number five, five-finger discount. What's the last thing you stole? Last thing I stole? Mm. Man, uh, what would I steal, man? It would be something super petty like that I would never have to steal. What do you take from hotel rooms? From hotel rooms, like shampoo, but that's like corny. I don't even. Do you take ever it take anything hotel. big, like a pillow? Maybe a pillow, but that's 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 not petty enough, though. You know, I would I would you know I would take, 
I, w- I would take some black licorice. Um, I hate black licorice, and I would steal some black licorice just because. <laughs> just to be that guy? Just to be that guy. Just to be that petty about it, bro. I yeah, mean, so I got a discussion you... the other day of worst candies ever, and black licorice is like on everything. The worst candy. So why would you steal it? It doesn't make sense, right? That was. That's they wouldn't even petty. think about it. That's what makes me petty. That's what makes Are you petty. reselling it? Craigslist? No, what are you I'm doing? not. I'm not. I'm probably going to throw it away, to be honest. Trash? With you. I don't care. A trash? Yeah, absolutely. You don't fucking care. I don't All care. Right. That's what makes me petty. <laughs> That's the point. That's the point. <laughs> All right. I don't care. I'm, doing, I'm, I'm, I'm like the Joker. I'm going to burn all the money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got number four. I usually ask one question. I have a backup because some people don't know the first. So I might ask you both. I think we're feeling it here. Sure, sure. No, number four, I usually say Mount Rushmore, top four Little Debbies of all time. Top four Little Debbies, man. Now, you're from okay. Seattle, so I can give yeah. you a pass, but have you had Little Debbies? Yes, I've had, I've had Little Debbies. Um, you know, Swiss Rolls are always going to be my favorite Solid. Little Debbies, I think, man. Um, there, there are, let me see here, they have the the, what, the the strawberry shortcakes. I forget what they call them. I don't even know if those little little Debbies, but they're like the same thing, and those are bomb too. Oh, I, I really just like, like the just like the Swiss cake, but they got strawberries. It's like strawberries and Twinkies and cream. Yeah, I think they're cordials or something. Yeah, something like that, man. You know, like those. Are, but the but the Swiss rolls are a classic. You can't go wrong. Have you had an oatmeal cream pie? I had uh, I, the which one? Oatmeal cream pie. I've had the oh, you know, the, the oatmeal cream pie is a classic too. You can't go wrong with either of those. But here's the thing about the, about the Swiss roll that you can't do with the oatmeal classic, right? Uh-oh. With the Swiss roll, what you could do is you can get the glass of milk. I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't do this anymore. But like, <laughs> you get the you get the glass of milk, and you bite the head off the Swiss roll, right? And then you dip it in the glass of milk, and then you yeah. flip it, and then the chocolate on the outside holds the milk in, and you take a bite of creamy, chocolatey goodness. Oh, it's like milk. a little cup. Yeah, you're going to yeah. get it in between. I call it the skin. Mm-hmm. It's in between the skin and the roll. Absolutely, absolutely. Ooh, yeah. That's an advanced move. I just, yeah, man, I'm a Swiss roll champion, man. I'm, I'm a smash <laughs> guy. Seattle's finest. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Have you had Nutty Buddy? Ah, uh, yeah, I've had Nutty Buddy for sure. Nutty Buddy classic... ever been ever been my favorite though, but it's classic. They've had fudge rounds, the mm-hmm. Christmas tree cakes. Yep. Some of those are Star Crunch is a is a good one too. That's a All good right, one too. Here, here was my backup because, uh, just in case, some people from the South, don't, if you're not in the South, you're not a big old Debbie guy. Um, my backup is you can have one pizza. You only get four toppings. Cheese doesn't count as a topping. I tell everybody a cheese pizza is an unfinished pizza because you forgot to put toppings on it. So One, one pizza, four toppings. All right, here we go, man. You got your perfect um, pizza. Right now we're ordering. You can only get four toppings. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Ground hamburger, right? Okay. Let's get some. Let's get some goat cheese. Let's get some onions, uh, and then uh, let's get some bell peppers, and we'll call it good. Beef, onions, peppers. You going extra cheese? Is that what you're doing? Goat cheese. Gold cheese. Oh, goat, goat cheese. Yes. Goat cheese with the regular mozzarella too. Yeah. Oh, oh, son. Thick crust or thin crust? Uh. Um, man, see, these are always hard questions. I, I really have an affinity for both. How about we do stuffed crust, though? Okay. Mm-hmm. Stuff with okay. just cheese? Have you tried the hot dog kind? I haven't. I haven't tried the hot. I didn't even know they had a hot dog kind. Yeah. It's cheese um, and wieners in the crust. Someone's going to get talking to you about this around me. Someone. <laughs> I'm going to blame someone for this. That means somebody at Little Caesar smokes weed. Oh, my God. That sounds delicious. <laughs> sounds amazing. 
All right, I like it. Stuff crust. We'll take that. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. All right, number mm-hmm. three, three albums on a deserted island. You're not getting in an argument. This isn't you're saying they're the three best albums ever. They're just the three you personally could listen to forever. These so these could some people pick greatest hits, some people go live albums because they want to act like there's other people around, or it's just the three that you can listen to forever and it's never gonna get old. Uh Michael Jackson's bad. Okay. Um, I would say, um, are you experienced? You got well. No, nah, I I would actually go with uh, with Nevermind by Nirvana over Are You Experienced. Really? Well, because all the stuff that Jimmy did in that in that record. Okay. Uh, almost all the stuff, but it's a lot. It's like it, it's got some. You've got almost translates. a sample of all of him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it translates. And then uh, my last record would be The Wall by Pink Floyd because there's got to be psychedelic somewhere on this island. <laughs> well yeah i mean you there's natural stuff grows on the island yeah so of course so pink floyd the wall uh, all right <laughs> uh, number two i need two concerts first concert you went to and the last concert you went to as a fan not since you're a performer as, as a performer uh first concert i went to and last concert I went to. first big concert i went to was alien ant farm opening for for incubus at the uh, key arena when i was like 15 oh. Yeah, I saw it. So that was, was that you? Hey, I need to get my money and go. That wasn't somebody taking you, right? No, 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 no. That was that was somebody. Uh, no, it was it was my. I mean, a lot of people's all, are. My parent or my family member went. Hey, you're going. No, to I was near, with me and my high school buddies, man. We this is you to, going. I got to go to this damn concert. We all went to this, this concert. Yeah. And it was amazing. Will you ever forget it? I was no, I won't ever forget it, man. Because it was like for you, me, you know, being some kid from like this, you know, I only concert I've been to at that point was in church, you know, so it's like <laughs> and church concerts are just like church people doing church stuff. You know? <laughs> or you when you go to like a real concert, you're like, Oh my god, it was an experience, man. I got I got kinda of drunk too on accident. Like I never drank. Wait, you were fifteen? Like yeah, terrible. <laughs> Terribly awesome, you know. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, so yeah, my buddy, yeah, I had a buddy named, named Sam and he was like, Hey Ryan, you got to finish this for me. It's watered down. And I'm like, okay. And so I, I like knocked this bath and Sam is like quite a bit bigger than me, man. He's like almost, he's gotta be six feet. I'm, I'm like probably five, 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 six at the time or something. And, and like just down half this thing watered down vodka. I'm just like, <laughs> guys, this is amazing. I love this concert. Yeah, it was crazy. Did you, uh, did you, you had to know Incubus. Did you know Alien Ant Farm going in? Or were they yeah, surprised? it did, man. Well, they, they had their single out. The, you know, the, the, the big one for them was the, uh, that Michael Jackson. Yeah, the cover. Smooth Criminal remake, right? Yeah. So that, that, they were out. But they, you know, I think that for them, if you haven't seen them live, like you, people don't realize how dope Alien Ant Farm is if you haven't really seen them live, you know. Yeah, that's why I was wondering if you had knew going in, or you just hey, there I got the radio hit and I'm going. We were we were just there to see Incubus, really. We didn't yeah. we didn't, we weren't there to see Alien Ant Farm, but they were amazing. They were incredible. Yeah. All right, last show, last concert you went to as a fan. The last concert I went to as a fan would have been. Uh, I mean, your rock star status could have got you in. I don't mean that, but I just mean yeah, you weren't no, performing. You just went, damn, I want to see this show. Yeah, I would say that was Samantha Fish at the oh, the Neptune Theater. She's so good. Yeah, I love Samantha Fish. I, mean, I think she's amazing. She's amazing. I've uh, been a friend of mine for a while, man. We we played some blues festivals and things together in the past, and I just like I mean that I remember, that show was incredible because she was so just on fire. I mean I I mean I don't know if 
a lot of listeners, you know, who listen to hard rock also listen to what's going on in the blues world and the guitar world there. But um, as a guitar player, I think that she is one of the best out right now. Honestly, um, it's incredible. And I and I, I I'm saying that as a guitar player, like it's it's incredible. You know, it's like just seeing her work. And that night, she just came out there. Her voice was on fire. Her range was was incredible, and her guitar playing was on top of that. So I, you just saw this magician just work the crowd. It was, it was incredible. Well, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge blues fan, and um, it's one one reason your music speaks to me. But you you've got the the hard rock style on top of it, and uh, I I think I think quote unquote blues music is is in a good place and going in a good yeah. direction. There's so many so many young talents that are coming out. Um, you know, Kingfish and and a bunch of others that are just. You guys are on top of the world and taking it to a great new place, man. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. You know, we 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 started out in similar places and we all kind of ended up in similar places in our different lanes, you know. And uh, having I played shows with Kingfish a bunch and you know played with Samantha a bunch and you know it's uh it's really cool to see us all get to this place not right now, you know, together, kind of just collectively going going moving in our our lanes, you know. All right, number one, last question of the countdown before we get out of here. Uh, this is going to be interesting based on your location. Uh, you said you got into wrestling a little bit, but I always ask, if you were a wrestler, who would you be? Oh, who would I be? Um, Past, present, current, doesn't matter. You already know, man. Uh, I would be The Rock. Yeah. Good question. What you Because <laughs> of the stickler. All right, here's what I always ask. Now you're a wrestler. Who's your tag team partner? Who are you choosing? Tag team partner? What, what kind of question is this? Mankind is my tag team partner. The Rock yeah. and Sock Connection, bro. It's the Rock and Sock Connection. What are you I'm so glad about? you pulled that There's out. No way. Come on, man. It's it was the, the natural answer. I'm connection. So... I should have known you were blurred. You had to wrestle. I, I told you. I'm a blurred. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Rock and Sock Connection, man. The Rock and Sock Connection. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember the Rock and Sock connection? It was le- it was one of the most hell yeah teams of all time. Man. So Rock they're so it. underrated. So so both of them great. I think on the I think before we knew it was there, if you would have said it was happening, you wouldn't believe it. And then it happens, and it's so good. Do you remember uh, the one two three kid? That was yeah. X-Pop before he was X. One two three. Love one two three kid, man. Come on, buddy. I can't I can't wait for you to get down here to to the south just so we I can can't hear you, man. Okay. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I want to see you in concert. Can't wait to see you jam, man. Can't wait to hear the brand new album. Uh, go to Aaron Jones Music. That's A-Y-R-O-N, Aaron Jones Music. Brand new album, Child of the State, the debut album coming on the 21st of May. We are so excited, man. I just want to thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. Thanks for, uh, for chilling with me, and it was great talking with you. Aaron Jones, adios, muchachos. Catch you later, man.